0: Buckle up! It's showtime! It's time for the green room with Sean Green. Oh,
1: ba-da-ba, 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 oh no, the that? Yeah. Ah, with the show! Alright, let's do it! Alrighty then, let's get started. And now for the moment, no one's been waiting for. Dudes, Check dudes. this out. 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 out! Welcome everyone to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by our dear, dear friends over at 247comedy.com Make sure you check them out online And all their AM FM affiliates across the country And of course, on the iHeartRadio app And like always, we're sponsored by Amazon You go to com. You click that Amazon link, you help the podcast You help Amazon, you help America get back, get started I know what you're thinking Hey, we just had Christmas, but no Now's the time, January There's a lot of cyber deals, I'm sure You go on there Honestly, anything you need, you can find on Amazon. Best part, you can bookmark that link, come back to it at any time. I'd like to welcome on our guest, Miss Allie Breen. Allie, what's happening? Not much. Thanks for having me on. No, uh, no problem. Thank you for coming on. So New Year, I feel like I'd be obliged or I'd be remiss rather, if I didn't did bring up the new year uh any new year's resolutions what do you got going on
0: none i don't make new year's resolutions <laughs> it's too disappointing when i can't keep them so i've just stopped completely um i have nothing not a that, single one
1: i feel like that's a great attitude to have have you ever heard anyone at the end of the year at the end of the year like at a new year's eve party have you ever heard anyone bring up like man this last year has been great. I made a New Year's resolution to lose weight, and now it's like one year later. It's Like, have you ever really seen a New Year's resolution pay off? We all sign on board on the idea of, hey, New Year's resolution, that sounds great. New year, new me. But have you ever heard anyone pay off? Like, anyone I've ever heard quit smoking, it was never. it was never a New Year's resolution. Anyone I knew who lost weight, it was always like – you know, I got that last breakup. Or basically, it's usually a doctor coming in going, look, you're probably going to die if you don't start losing weight. Same thing with smoking. Like, I feel like...
0: And that's the sad thing. Even then, people only last two weeks. For two yeah, weeks, I they're like, I'm going to live. And then they can't do it anymore. They just lose hope so quickly. That's People have the same exact New Year's resolution every single year. It's ridiculous. Yes.
1: Okay. I know I made a New Year's resolution not to get toothpaste on my shirts anymore. I know it's a small thing, but... It would just bug the shit out of me because all my shirts would end up getting like a little toothpaste on them, and I was like, Sean. You're a grown man. You're going to st- just walk around with not toothbrush, you know, do you should, toothpaste. Your
0: next, your next New Year's resolution should be to stop admitting to that New Year's <laughs> exactly. resolution. Exactly. And you have a drooling problem. You should actually, that's your New Year's resolution should be to not drool on
1: yourself. That's probably, yes. We're not
0: going blacklight. So that's where it always exposes all the, the to- that's the worst. I've done that before where you think you've washed it out and then you're oh, public yeah. and it's still there. You're like, how,
1: how do you make this go away? There's no detergent that exists that'll remove, uh, Black lights, I think they just put black lights in clubs just because everyone feels embarrassed, but it's a good icebreaker, like, oh look, oh oh wait, you got Gordon. stuff too, yeah
0: <laughs> Look at wait, you look at what a slob you are you're not that good
1: <laughs> I, I made the resolution, and I was like, all right, Sean, when you brush your teeth, do it right when you come out of the shower, you won't be wearing a shirt this will be this is like the smallest thing you can do that's going to fix something and just you know, How has it gone three so weeks. <laughs> <laughs> three weeks in, same kind of thing. I just, I think what it is is, I just start brushing my teeth. I go back and forth, so you know the.
0: <laughs> it probably relates to I It probably depends on like who won or lost. And you're like, yes. God damn it! you should just getting toothpaste everywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> every one of my of taking out frustration. Every
1: one like of my it. things comes down to whether or not my team covered yeah. <laughs> or whether or not they had a good game. Because yes, I'm sure it's more vigorous with the toothbrushing. Whether uh, you know they cover or not. If hey, a good good weekend like this past weekend in the playoffs. Hey, easy breezy. Hey, I'll throw in some floss, rinse, take my time.
0: Yep. Otherwise, that's what'll happen. What, one day, well, one day we'll see you toothless and a be that you made good on your New Year's resolution and just stop brushing your teeth completely. You're like, that's the only way I can do it. I'm just not exactly. gonna brush my Or your team has just moved to, <laughs> it'll be your team that moves to LA or something. Like, it'll be,
1: that'll be it and you won't be able to take it. <laughs> that's one of those things. Yeah. My buddy is a uh, Chargers fan, a mutual friend, Justin Decker, comedian. Good oh, yeah, on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, he's a big Chargers fan. I just
0: found out for some reason I thought he lived in LA. He lives in San Diego?
1: Well, yeah, I mean he lived his time or something. He lives in he lived in LA for a majority of time and his last place was like I don't know. He he wanted to move out of his place and then he was looking for a new place, couldn't find a new place in time, but his family's from San Diego, so I think he's just staying down there till he finds a new place. But Okay. Just got for it. everyone, you know, and quick sidebar. You to know what
0: Justin Decker's up to. <laughs> He's got him together, guys. Don't He's worry. his New Year's resolutions to get back to L.A. <laughs>
1: exactly. He's got to get it figured out, guys. Don't worry. He'll be Chargers
0: fans, rough-dye friends were Chargers. They didn't even – is the blackout over? Do they show those games on no. TV now? The majority
1: know. of uh, San Diego Charger games are not shown in Los Angeles. And the reason – well, obviously, the Chargers haven't been selling out. Yeah, haven't they haven't been selling sell 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 out for a while. right? So – for whatever reason, they consider L.A. part of the TV market of San Diego, and so they'll black out the games in L.A. too, and it's uh, it's really annoying because the whole point of a blackout is, hey, if you guys don't show up to the stadium, we're not going to let you watch the game. It's this right, it's kind of driving is,
0: from L.A. to go see it. Yeah, it
1: really is the NFL being passive aggressive, like, oh, you're too good to show up at the stadium. Well, we're not going to show you the game, huh? Yeah. What do you think about that? Basically, encouraging <laughs> people to show up instead of just watching the game at home, which is a lot a lot better or supporting the team
0: cheaper, obviously. Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah. So for whatever reason, they consider Los Angeles part of the San Diego market and will also black out the games, which, uh, yeah. Coming back to the main point of the chargers are the team that's supposed to be moving to Los Angeles or one of the teams they're talking about. And Justin was saying that, you know, he lives in LA for the most part. We already covered his moving situation, but (laughs) Let's go back to that. Yes, exactly. That the most Where's he going to get the <laughs> deposit? Justin Decker. <laughs> He'll figure it out. We're on
0: the edge of our seats. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I guess the uh, what I was getting to was that Decker would say, oh, no, if they moved to Los Angeles, I wouldn't be a fan anymore.
0: Wait, what? I never fully – I mean, I guess I do understand that, because you grow up with a team, that's that team, and you yeah. get pissed. Uh, yeah, my stepdad was a Browns fan, and – had that problem but at the same time it seems in Justin's situation if he's actually moving to la his team's just coming to they're coming home (laughs) coming home to papa yeah i would be excited if i were him you could go you know see see them at the new whenever the new stadium is going to be built i don't know
1: aig stadium or whatever i think i think his thing is that oh la and san diego have some sort of rivalry and then he feels like i don't know like it's it's kind of your bigger brother Bloods taking your crypts. taking your football away like, oh hey, you can still have your football, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. I love how my analogies about football still involve football. Have football. football. <laughs> it's like, it's great. Hey, let me explain the nickel defense. It's like the dime defense. It's like but... the shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Just go, go farther down the rabbit hole. So now yeah. You are originally from the East Coast.
0: Yes, Boston. So my team's playing uh, next week. Are you betting on that game?
1: Am I betting on the New England Patriots? Ah, It's tough. They're playing the Texans. I think right now uh, nine-and-a-half point favorites, the Houston Patriots. Or, I mean, (laughs) just combine the two there. New England Patriots, (laughs) favored by nine-and-a-half. It's tough to go against the Patriots right now. The only thing I'm thinking is nine-and-a-half is a lot because their defense – it's a lot of points, and their defense hasn't been that good. Now, They've been well-rested, though. Did so. you grow up a Patriots fan?
0: Yeah, I grew up um, Patriots fan, Red Sox fan, everything. I went to Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, and Red Sox games. Patriots were probably my least favorite. They were terrible when I was growing up.
1: Yeah, they were bad they for were a long bad. time.
0: And the thing is, like, we would go to games, and the old Foxborough Stadium was awful. It was like a high school stadium, and it was freezing and uncomfortable. I hated going to Patriots games. I just – they were te- – they- so that was my least favorite, and now it's funny. I guess um, I mean, part I did grow up with them, but then they became so good, you can't help but get caught up in it. So now, yeah. Patriots and Red Sox are who I still follow. I don't really watch Celtics or the Bruins that often anymore. Anyway. Didn't the NHL just
1: yes, the get NHL's out today? Back. The
0: lockout's over.
1: Yep, lockout's uh, over.
0: I haven't watched in ages, and the Bruins got really good. Celtics have been pretty good too, but I just yeah,
1: Red Sox. No, and the they um, yeah, Bruins had a nice little run there. Celtics. Have, Yeah, had some recent championships. I mean, yeah, it's been – I mean, just from like uh, 2008 on, it's been a great – pretty good run for the uh, Boston sports teams. Now, what do you think – I've noticed this, I mean, living on the West Coast, sports fans in general, they aren't as diehard, I don't think, on the West Coast. But especially I've noticed – like in the East Coast, I feel like girls are much more into sports or it's much more common for sports fans. Like I don't – I couldn't tell you any – female baseball fans out here are like diehard dodger fans but i feel like you go to boston it's a high much higher percentage what do you think yeah. it is about sports on the east coast that attracts women more or just in general
0: i think in general it's just part of growing up because everyone just is, it gets so involved it's like such a big everyone would go it's become really hard to go to games actually because it's gotten expensive and fenway is yeah. so small but I grew up going to games, everyone did. It used to be it was just like part of growing up. So as a girl, you just think of it as that as opposed to like a sport, I guess. Um, but like seriously, we used to be able to you could sneak into Fenway Stadium when I was a kid. Like after four or five innings, they just stopped really monitoring it. You could just kind of wander in and so so it's fun so everyone's been to the park. That's the other thing. If you if you grow up going to games, you get more into it because whether you're a sports fan or not, it's always fun going to live games. Yeah, it's like how I feel definitely. about theater and stuff too. Like once you're in well, I don't know about you. <laughs>
1: <That's my laughs> Listen, favorite. I love live theater, whether it's pre-recorded or in any form. I love live theater.
0: Yeah, you get like caught up in it, and then you kind of start following it by default because I was just saying like it's funny even football like I grew up watching it I love watching it I pay attention to it I had it on all day but I don't even know what flags are thrown for I happen to, like I still don't even know not, <laughs> you're kind of I, aware I, yeah. of
1: what's going on I'm but aware of not... the
0: ultimate yeah like everything that's going on like in the big picture but the little things because like, people will ask and I don't even realize like what was the flag thrown for and I'm like I have no idea <laughs> well, the,
1: and then the, they m- make the call and they show the and I'm like oh there you go yeah that sounds good <laughs> the, the more embarrassing thing is for me a guy who. watches football every Sunday. I got the multiple TV setup. watch every week of NFL football, and then I'll be like, wait, what's that? Like, there's minutiae, or there's rules where I don't know, and then other guys who are just, like, casual fans will go to me as, like, a source of knowledge. And they're like, oh, wait, so on this uh, two-point conversion where they blocked it, and then that could return back into the end zone that's a one point safety and I, I'm like oh yeah yeah of course like I have to play up the idea that I know what <laughs> I'm t- yeah. I mean most of I do but there are times you know there's so many like little quirks in the rule book that you can you can get lost and then you know as a point of pride I have to pretend like I know what I'm talking about so we'll
0: just keep using the word minutia and you'll <laughs> sound smart no matter what <laughs> whatever he said we'll take it because we is don't it? understand
1: exactly. hey I don't, don't want to bore you with a minutiae of all these details
0: <laughs> but basically this is what's happening Happening and they'll just believe you. Yeah, it's,
1: a, it's an easy way to uh, pull the wool over people's eyes.
0: Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about being a girl. No one expects you to know much. So if I'm like, yes. oh, I don't know what happened, and they're, like, they're totally fine with it. <laughs> well, it <laughs> like is... Those helmets are just adorable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the bar is set low for women on sports knowledge. So if you do find a girl, like you said, that has a little bit uh, going on, you're like, oh, man, oh, wow, that's... Oh, wow, you must uh hey, that's really it. you know you try See to get that, the conversation
0: that's what happened like I think 'cause like the Bo- like all my friends from Boston, same thing are Red Sox Patriots fans for sure, and probably uh hockey and basketball too, so. You know, a little bit and then people just assume. Like they'll start talking to me like they talk to you about all the little things. Like and then this happened. And I'm totally lost. I'm like, I just go Patriots. I don't know.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm just a fan of whatever's going on. Yeah, it's just hey. part
0: of growing up for me. It was I still need them to I still need to watch them every week.
1: I know. It is you say it's part of growing up, but it does feel like you bought it or at least for me, it's like I didn't choose this life; it chose me. I didn't. I didn't well, sign up for this cult.
0: You know what? That's true, actually, because when I first moved to New York, and the Red Sox were finally going on a tear, when it was the uh, the year that they were that they won the World Series, and they were coming from behind in the playoff games, were all going into extra innings, and and. I got so caught up, like so invested. And I don't usually drink. I was drinking every night. I was like a mess. I can't believe people live like that on a regular basis. I had to stop paying it's attention. It's a gift in a
1: curse, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like it is. It's bad to get that caught up in it because your emotions are so in tune with how they're doing.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, if the Eagles lose or if it's a tough loss, it, it stays with you. I mean, that's one of the things – that's one of the reasons I like living in Los Angeles is that you're kind of the removed. weather's nice and you're removed from the sad misery pit of <laughs> Philadelphia sports cuz when the team loses oh they lose on Sunday so your Sunday's ruined and then you wake up Monday morning get a cup of coffee and what do you do you have to look at the sports page and then you're just you're like this abused girlfriend who just keeps okay I got uh, they're going to fix it they're going to be different this time yeah and you can't get away from it And people are like, oh, why do you care so much about sports? It's meaningless. Uh, Yeah, I know it's meaningless. (laughs) But everything's meaningless if you you get deep enough. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, how meta do you want to get about this? Yeah, uh, we can get extension. as existential. <laughs> it doesn't really count uh, for the word points if you can't pronounce it. But you can go as deep as you want and just go, oh, well, that's meaningless too. But.
0: Well, the worst is doing comedy on the East Coast after a team loses. Oh, I mean, that's, I've performed in New York where they're like, and the Jets just lost. <laughs> Welcome to stage, Allie Breed, And everyone's just angry. I'm like, I didn't make them lose. I had nothing to do with it.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of uh, – and the, th- the, re- the most annoying part is – The ratio, same way with stand-up comedy, the ratio of the bad shows or the bad losses never equal out to the good wins or the good, you know, it, yeah. like it never feels like it makes up for it. like all the good shows. One bad show ruins like ten good shows, and yeah, I feel like it's the so same true. thing for a sports team.
0: <laughs> right, the happiness is so fleeting; <laughs> yes. the sadness just stays forever.
1: It's, more, it's usually just more of a relief. It's not happiness. It's just like, okay, that's exactly what I wanted. Everything to happen. <laughs> this is just one week. But tomorrow we're gonna fuck it up. Like you. Yeah,
0: that's true. You're always. You never for the second shoe to fall. So you're like, all right, it's, I'm good for ten minutes. I got ten minutes that I can be happy, and then I gotta start worrying again.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. That's how it goes. So, all right. Let's see. You grew up in the Boston. Now you lived in, but like downtown Arlington. Boston. No, okay.
0: Arlington. I, I lived all over, but I mostly grew up in Arlington, which is like ten, ten or so minutes out of the city. And then my parents were divorced, and, and the custody agreement changed a couple times. So I lived. These are all the places I've lived in Massachusetts. I was in uh, Arlington, Brookline, Winchester, Chelmsford, and Cambridge.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, so was that what your your dad was moving around or your mom was moving around or they were both kind of...
0: Each of them did. Yeah, like I grew up... They got divorced when I was a kid, so they were already... So I grew up with my mom in Arlington and my dad was in Winchester. And then when I moved back with my mom... I would spend two summers in Cambridge. She was there, and then my dad had moved to Chelmsford, and then when he moved back with my mom, she was in Brookline. So those
1: were all the moves. That's even less interesting than the Justin Decker. But he's planning on moving back home.
0: Exactly. He's moving as much
1: as me, but just to the same two (laughs) places every time. Bouncing back and forth. So wait, you said it was like when you're really young, like you don't remember your parents getting divorced?
0: No, no. I just grew up with them. I lived in – I was born in California if we want to go way back. And then – my mom moved to Florida, and then they both moved to Massachusetts. So they were divorced when I was in California. I was like two. So I just grew up with them divorced. So oh, was, okay.
1: Now, were they originally from the Boston area? Is that why they, they went back? They or? were both
0: from New York. Um, I don't even know why they moved to Boston. I assume probably... I know my mom moved there first. And my dad moved there to be close to us, which is nice. I think she probably got a job. I don't even know Yeah. for sure, but...
1: Now what was was, uh, what's up? It was
0: a good place to grow up.
1: Yeah, suburbs of Boston seems like pretty, pretty nice. Did you go to public school? Did you go to private school? Yep, went to public school. Nice. Yeah. How would you How would you describe yourself? I'm always interested as kind of how people see themselves. Like, were you a nerdy type, cheerleader type, jockish? Like, what? Where was your niche as far as growing up in school?
0: Probably. I didn't. I wasn't a cheerleader. But I wasn't quite a jock. I was, like, in between. I did gymnastics. So okay. that's kind of the good in between. I
1: see, you, I see you got a good frame for gym.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's probably... That's why, actually, because I'll, I'll not exercise for... It's weird. No matter how much I exercise or how little I exercise, I have, like, the same muscle content. I guess it's just left over from uh, doing gymnastics so often. So I did... Yeah, I did gymnastics mostly, and I played tennis. Um, I played basketball a little bit, but I was terrible at it. And... uh and then I did music. I did uh, piano and viola. So, okay. so I guess I'd, I'd like ride the nerdy line almost in that yeah. way. But I pretty much I don't think since I moved a lot, I never really had like a click. I would always be making new friends. So I was just kind of did you change outgoing. schools a lot. Yeah, yeah, I changed schools a couple times, and once or twice back to the same school though. So it it wasn't super difficult. But I just never. I had a serious boyfriend through most of like high school, so I always. Uh, I just wasn't part of a clique, I guess.
1: You were a lone wolf?
0: I was a lone wolf. <laughs> I was hard to know. It's probably not how
1: you, not how you describe yourself. That would be
0: great if you asked for a description. <laughs> I just went into like some John Wayne. I was a lone wolf just walking into the sunset you, you smoking a cigar. you describe in high school? Lone wolf? <laughs> but i just stare at you.
1: <laughs> just rip things apart. I didn't care about it. I'm a natural predator. I was out there.
0: You watch your back. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, they. Um,
0: I was pretty outgoing, I guess, just because, I guess, I mean, maybe I am in general. I don't. I never think of myself as outgoing, but you kind of had to be, I guess, if you wanted to make friends in high school. So. Well,
1: yeah, cause I was just gonna crowbar in my own personal story of my dad was in the Air Force, who moved around a lot, and then you know I was born in Utah, lived in upstate New York, then I lived in Colorado, then I moved back to Pennsylvania, where my parents are originally from, and I felt like that's kind of what got me into comedy or what developed my sense of humor was, hey, you're just at this new school, you know, being the funny guy is kind of a good go-to thing to get some attention or get people like, oh, hey, at least Sean's funny. Or or, like it's an easy way to stand out early on if you have a sense of humor. Do you think that was uh, where your sense of humor comes from? Or do you think that played a part at all?
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. And I, I think too, my sister's really funny and she's very sarcastic and, uh, and so that probably rubbed off on me, but she, and she's the opposite. she's so quiet that you would never know it. But if you talk to her, she's hilarious. And, uh, and then my dad, like I didn't, I stopped getting along with, uh, some of my family for a while, but like, that's what they would always, they were like, well, she's funny, you know, it was one of those things. So it's a good way, even when you're not fully getting along with people, like you have that tool. I guess, I think a lot of people have that too, where like they had a, a difficult relationship in their band. so... That was the one thing that they tried to, to do was be funny or something to me. Yeah, it- so,
1: but yeah, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Was high school a good time for you? Would you?
0: I did. I actually, despite, I mean, there were probably some, I, I have good memories of high school. Like, some things I think were difficult, but it was mostly, yeah, like I didn't get along great with my family for a little while, but um, like my friends and the whole high school experience was actually pretty good.
1: Now, what was your family? Were they busting your chops? Were they just.
0: No, I think it was. Like, as a kid, I was just a really good student and just did everything everyone said and was no problem at all. And then when I got to be, like, a teenager and I was a little bit difficult, no one expected it. And so they just came down really hard on me. And then I came down really hard back. So it was just one of those things where we butted heads. Just typical stuff.
1: Yeah. Sounds like my high school. Yeah. Or my childhood experience in the same way that... Well, if you had
0: an Air Force father, was he, like, really strict about... Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, they were... My parents always, whenever I bring up what ball busters they were, they always just go, well, you were our first kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Uh, no, I mean it wasn't any like – like, You were of... our
0: trial run. What <laughs> yeah, do you expect?
1: Exactly. <laughs> hey, we we're figuring things
0: out. Yeah, you had to take the brunt of it. Just deal with it.
1: <laughs> I was the open mic of children. I don't yeah, exactly. like the... – hey, we we're just hashing things out. We we're getting our routine down. Um, you'll be able to play the
0: improv soon just relax
1: (laughs) hey by the third the second kid we really had things worked out the third kid you know we were waning interest but you were you were on the up um i i think uh yeah i think my thing was yeah the same way like i was really good student really good kid and then just kind of high school hits you want to party a little bit or my thing was getting drunk and hanging out and that kind of thing and Nothing like super malicious, but you know going basically going to parties and stuff like that, and it would just be huge fights and stuff like that, or you know I mean they were trying their best to you know not let me get out of control or anything like that, you know, being good parents, but also just kind of being hard asses about it but but yeah, what are you going to do i mean it's it's one of those things like in hindsight, you'd much rather have parents who. Are a little too much up your ass versus the yeah. other end of like you see kids whose parents are guys in high school whose parents were just kind of more laissez faire and those guys definitely have much more <laughs> problems than the people who
0: yeah who had strict parents growing up yeah
1: I mean I, I think at the end of the day if you want to air one side or the other you probably just air on being a little too strict because hey whatever the kid resents you for a little bit yeah you'll figure it out down the line but hey yeah, at the end of the day you you don't want them totally fucking things up and. You know, getting knocked up, or I don't know, having some crazy sort of situation.
0: Yeah, that's what you realize as you get older that like your friends, your friends that had cool parents just actually had bad parents. Like, <laughs> when you go to your friend's house and drink, you're like, "This is the best thing ever," and then you grow up and you're like, "Wow, those were terrible parents. Yeah. I can't believe that happened."
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I immediately, I think anyone who you know, I was listening to the podcast immediately. Like one parent flashes to mind in particular. <laughs> I got one buddy in high school. His dad was just really into smoking weed, and he just didn't like this kid in high school. It was kind of I was kind of friends with, not really. You know, kid you'd hang out with here and there, and he just built like a little basically an opium den in his basement, and we just come over there and, and smoke weed. His dad bought him a bong for high school That's or for insane. like you know, for some sort of birthday present. I'm just like, wow, you must have the best relationship with your dad. He's so cool. And <laughs> you look at it in hindsight. You're just like, my God, that was the worst idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, that parent should be in jail.
1: And this kid, his dad, besides this, like his dad was – Classic, just dirtbag dad. Like, oh, he would get all this stuff from work that he would steal and then he would give to us. Like, random. I, I don't even know what like it was. Razor the- blades.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he worked <laughs> in a hospital. He's giving you. He's giving hey, you needles. Kids, free and- needles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Hey, we, Here's we- some <laughs>
0: drugs they were throwing out. I don't know what they are, but have at it.
1: <laughs> I hear oxycontin's all the rage. Take some of these. Hey, what? You- Crush that up. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's meant to go yeah, in. Yeah, you're streamlining, mainlining that. I can't talk. <laughs>
1: Continuing in, in the bad parent theme, uh, this guy's dad would also, he had a poisonous snake collection. So he had, he, and he had him in the basement. So the routine was you would go down there, get high, and then as you're leaving. <laughs> As you're leaving, you'd walk by, and I hate snakes, and I'm totally freaked out by them. And, of course, people would be, like, you know, putting their face up against the glass with the snakes and stuff like that. So you want to talk about being paranoid (laughs) or just having a bad trip, like some of the guys taking mushrooms or something, and then you go out, and literally there are poisonous snakes. I can't
0: believe someone didn't slaughter all the snakes. Someone on some mushroom trip (laughs) didn't just go and go crazy, just killing all the – that's terrifying. Yes. That can't be legal.
1: I don't no, think that's legal. No. I don't think so. And I don't think the guy really had um, I don't think he cared for the law. I mean, when you're given <laughs> when you're stealing <laughs> to- you kid a bong and uh,
0: <laughs> and stolen goods from work. Yeah, yeah. you're probably not a law abiding citizen.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it would be like weird stuff. It would be like, hey, here's an impact wrench for like, you know, it, just like random tools and <laughs> stuff that you can sell on the street. Like just not a great guy. Jesus. But at the time, you're, you're thinking in your head, man, I can't wait till I'm a dad and I can be cool like that. act
0: <laughs> just like that. No, wait, till they, t- wait till I get a tiger in my apartment. <laughs> <Wait> till-
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm an up the ante. He didn't have enough poisonous <laughs> things.
0: Exactly. No, if- there wasn't a bear. He didn't have a bear there. He could have done more.
1: Yeah, whatever. I'm a dad or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to be a dick. Then, hey, I'll just go, hey, I'm the dad. That's how things work. Listen, all right? We're... Hey. You That's know? what
0: that was what my dad would say. If I ever if we got into an argument and I actually made valid points, he would go, What what do you th- do? You think this is a democracy? I make the rules; <laughs> you follow them. That's yes. it. And then I would hate him for yeah for wait. But the, you're right. That's the kind of that's the kind of dad I would want my kids to have too. I'd want them to be yeah ball busting dad. Yeah, I, I mean, f-
1: really? Would you, Allie? Would you want to be married to a dad who the <laughs> the sun pipes up and the dad's like, "Whatever you say, I just want you to like me." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all. I just want to be your buddy. That's it.
0: <laughs> that's no, like, like the worst <laughs> attribute in a dad. No, that would be disgusting. Hey, listen, That'd I'm, be awful.
1: Allie, I'm, Allie, what do you want me to do? I tried to punish him. He said he didn't want to be punished. He got, got upset with me. <laughs> yeah. I can't have him being upset with me. He gave me that eye. I'm scared of
0: him. I got to go out now and buy him drugs. I just yes, I have exactly. to do it. <laughs>
1: He's 14 years old. He's trying to be cool. I'm doing my best here.
0: But with Strict Parents, too, because what happened with me when it got really bad was that when we were talking about getting meta about things, they would ground me from something. Like, I would be grounded from my car. And I was like, okay, I have plenty of friends who can pick me up. That's fine. And then I would break curfew again or whatever, and they'd ground me from tv or, or whatever it was and then they ground me from going out and i was like what more can they take away from me and they're not shackling me to my i'm just gonna walk out the door and yeah. they can't do anything except ground me more and there's only like a limited amount of things they can ground me for. so it just got to be this bad <laughs> situation where we neither of us care like we were just so mean to each other or angry
1: well i think i mean yeah it happens with anyone whether it's just kind of like testing the boundaries or with guys it's always that classic moment where you get that mo- you get that feeling. are like, I think I can take. it. <laughs> you know, there's always in every father son relationship. That's there very, is so scary. There's a very there's <laughs> a very vis- physical like power struggle, or just a sense of like. I could give him a go. Like, I might not be that's able to beat I'm him, but... I'm so
0: glad I'm not a guy, because I, if I ever got into a fight, I would lose, hands down. I, mean, I would never get to the point where I was like, I think I could take him. I'd always get to the point where I'd be like, holy shit, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> this is gonna get physical, and that's not
1: good. <laughs> yeah, like, Electrical- guys just
0: get punched, and, and you can get into a fight with your dad. That's insane to me. Like, yeah. as a girl, you don't really have that.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a guy theme. thing. It's testosterone. It goes back to when we were more monkeys. But, yeah, eventually, <laughs> hey, he's a silverback gorilla. Eventually you get to a point where you're like, hey, I'm going to pound on <laughs> my chest and see what happens. It is. It really is – I feel like it's a fundamental step of – like growing up is there's a moment where you feel compelled to challenge your dad because Have you done that? Did you guys? Uh, did you ever get? No, not well. Kind of. There was a moment where same type of thing. I was grounded, and then I was just like, yeah, you know, f you, I'll do what I want. Blah blah blah. And then yeah, I mean, it, well, th- we never like fought each other, but we like got in each other's face. Yeah, those, uh, yeah exactly. That, like, it was like bump, beat your chest, kind of like right. That classic thing where. You've seen it all the time where two people are about to fight, but neither people really want to fight. And then my mom got in the middle and she got really upset. So I love, yeah, we where eventually you're just waiting for down. someone
0: to get in the middle. You're like, please, God, someone stop this from happening. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it, well, because you're, hey, you're 17 years old. You're just, your brain is about to explode from testosterone. And, and the idea of someone else telling you what you can and can't do with your life is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think girls go through it in the same way, but... Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's more emotionally or that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I feel like as a girl, you don't. Because it took me a long time to realize, like, I can just walk out the door. Actually, like, because you do just think you have to do what they say for so long, and then yeah. when you realize you don't. I mean, it's really me, bad. Once, <laughs> once you realize, that, yeah, they don't. No one knows what to do at that point. Where they're like, all right, they figured out. They have <laughs> yeah. free will, and I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my God, they called my bluff. What am I gonna do? It's the same thing with my dog. Like, you, you can tell he realizes times where. I'll be disciplining him or telling him no, and I'll be following it. And then there's other times where he knows – you could just get the sense of like he knows I don't want him to do it. But he also knows – Hey, I'm not going to beat the crap out of him. He's he still can get gonna, away with a certain amount. Yeah. He's still going to live in the house. He's going to have food and water. Like there's only, I don't really have any sort of timeout situation. I love I, that you
0: see that all go across, buddy's face. You're like, I see what you're thinking. You
1: have it all. Right. I deeply examine the psychological aspect of the dog. I can, I can read his face. It's
0: <laughs> the dog whisperer, part time.
1: Um so high s- now did you party a lot in high school it sounded like you said you were going out breaking curfew Yeah
0: it was a there was a small window where I did cuz I had like I had a boyfriend for about 2 years and then when we broke up uh, there was like a few months and I was, it was pretty bad. Like I was partying and I think that's when I was breaking curfew and going out. And like, and it was just like, I felt like they were creating reasons to mind. Like my friend had a Jeep and then they said I couldn't drive in Jeeps cause it was dangerous. And I was like, <laughs> you're just doing that despite me, you know? Okay. You know, it was like all these ridiculous. Um, so for a while I did. And then I ended up, uh, again with like a serious boyfriend, I kind of settled down a little bit, but yeah, there was, I partied a lot at the end of high school and then like, Senior year after high school, and then when I went to college, not so much actually. Like maybe a little bit right at first, and then I got sick of it really quickly. So yeah, I've never had like a huge period of time where I've partied, but I've had some. some Now, where were
1: you? Where'd you go to college? UMass. Okay.
0: But then I studied abroad a whole bunch because yeah, like you live in the the freshman dorms, and it's just everyone's just partying all day, all night long. And so I did a bunch of study abroad programs, and that's where I really—I don't think I learned much actually in college. But when I went away and like studied. Abroad, a little bit, I learned a lot, and that was most of my college experience.
1: Now, where'd you you go abroad?
0: It's kind of complicated. I went um, for a semester in Grenoble. It's in the French Alps, which was mostly to ski, but it was fun. I learned some French, too. And then I did a program uh, through the University of Eastern Michigan, which was called the European Cultural History Tour, where we went to, like, 46 different cities in Europe. So you travel all throughout Europe with, like, political science professor, an English professor, an art history professor. And then I did the same thing through Southeast Asia where you we went. Damn. Yeah, it was nuts. We went to, to China, India, Thailand, um, Malaysia, Singapore, Nepal, Laos, and Vietnam.
1: Oh, right. Wow, it was that's nuts. crazy. Yeah. So now what was, your, what was your goal going into college or what did you think? Hey, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to study this and then I'm going to become what?
0: I've never been very goal oriented. <laughs> I don't. That's probably why I've never. I. I still like. I was just kind of like. I took political science because I was interested. That was my major. I was interested in politics. Um, but I don't think I knew what I wanted to do because most people become lawyers after that. And I had an uncle who I was pretty close to who was a lawyer. Who may, maybe I thought that I would do that, but I can't imagine doing four years of law school after college. Like I was. That done. sounds crazy. So yeah. So then. When I didn't have many goals, that was when I was like, oh, I can use this time to travel. And then it's nice because your parents are kind of funding your travel at that point. you know. So it was a good time to just get some life experience, I guess. And I don't think I knew what I wanted to do. And then the first job out of college that I had, I mean, I was waitressing for a while, and then I did copyright editing at an advertising agency, which was, which was okay.
1: Now, was this in Boston? No.
0: I went After school, I went to – my sister married an Air Force pilot. And they lived in Germany. So I went back and spent some time in Europe. And then I moved to New York. And that's where I got a job, uh, copyright editing during the day, and then waitressing at night.
1: So now where does, uh, where does stand-up comedy come into play?
0: That's where – so when I was working during the day, I had to get a night job. And, um, and I love theater. So I was like, all right, I'm going to um, go to Broadway and like, try to get a job as a bartender at a Broadway show. So you can see all the shows for free and just get immersed in the Broadway life. So I dropped off all these resumes and then Caroline's is in Midtown too. So I dropped off a resume there and Caroline's boyfriend happened to be like there at the box office. Wait, what do you mean Caroline's Caroline? Caroline actually owns it. Oh, She oh, owns, okay. there is a Caroline. So her boyfriend helped her run it. This guy, Andrew Fox. And, uh, he was there when I dropped off a resume and he's like, Oh, come in at five. We'll interview you. And, and that was like the only place I heard back from. So I went in at five and they just hired me. And then I just saw comedy every night, and I've always loved comedy. Um, but I never thought about doing it until, until then. Because the, the other thing is too that when you grow up like in comedy, you only see good comedy. You never see like the open mic stage. You don't know like all the steps that it takes. And then when I started seeing like open mic comedy, I was like, oh, I could maybe do this. <laughs> like I yeah. could, I could bomb as bad as that guy. You know, I could, I could figure it. Out. So. Yeah, so that was the beginning. That's, like, the seed that got planted. And then eventually, I worked there for a while before I ever started. It, it took a lot of, uh, I don't know, it took a lot of time for me to build courage to actually do it.
1: Was there a moment where you were watching a particular person? Or it, was there anything that, that, like, happened specifically at the club that you were like, yeah, no, I'm going to give this a shot?
0: Um, I don't. I don't think specifically, but there were a couple of times... I became friends with some comics, and there were a few times where I'd seen their jokes so many times, and I was like, it would work better this way. And like I would say something very occasionally, because that's kind of pretty obnoxious, to be like, you know what you should do? is," yeah. But if I was pretty certain of something... And a couple of times, um, things worked. It was good. And then I started writing with a friend of mine who was a comic, uh, who I don't know if he even does comedy anymore. And then he had said... like, I, He was like, you should try to do this. you know. Um, and then something else strange happened where... Uh, Cold Pizza for ESPN was looking for comics for some segment Oh yeah! and he, this comic that I wrote was submitted my stuff and they liked it and they said to come in and I hadn't really done, said they were like, we need stand-ups. So I literally just like read what I wrote but they needed girls. I was like the only girl that uh, that applied so so that was helpful because I did this set in front of like a fake crowd with like an audience laugh track. So everything sounded like I was killing. So that was like a good confidence boost right in the beginning that I got. Classic
1: cold pizza. Wait, did that air?
0: It never aired. It was some weird thing that, um, it was some segment that they had the idea to do. And then it got canceled because it was like, they made a contract with like some other company that was going to do their comedy, but they would, it was going to be like a talking heads thing almost where they'd show like a clip that related to, um, so we taped it. And I wish because I didn't know that many comics like of my life. I only knew like bigger names from Caroline's, but I'm sure that I know now some people that did it. There was one guy named Jay Nogg, who's like a New York comic who did it. But I, I would love to know who did that show. Yeah, actually, was the, who
1: the rest of the people were because it. it was
0: like a real production. There was like a green room and a real you know. Yeah, characters. no, I remember real, cold pizza. Yeah, well, the show was. I mean, the show was uh, was on for years, but this segment was. Yeah, I mean, it was part of the show, so it was like a real professional thing. But no, it didn't. That's
1: error. a weird thing. Yeah, they've always tried. I don't think anyone's really quite nailed the sports comedy show. Like, there's been... Um,
0: Jim Rome, kind of.
1: Yeah, he's kind of funny, and Norm MacDonald, I thought his show was really funny, oh, yeah, but I, they didn't keep it on long. I
0: can't believe they didn't give that a chance, because that was really funny, actually. Yeah, I no, it was great.
1: I, I don't know what it was. I I think... Uh, uh, who was saying it? So one of the guys who wrote on it... Um, was on the podcast. Uh, I'm Trying to think. Uh, I
0: think Andrew Slater was one of the guys. Yeah, he worked on there it. on doing um, the blog. And then Sean I was, O'Connor. Those yeah, were Sean. Two guys okay, I knew. yeah,
1: Sean O'Connor was on there writing. And he was saying that he thought that they gave Norm the sports show. Like they gave a lot of notes about how they wanted more videos and, or like executives wanted more videos. Like they wanted it basically like to be more of like a sportsy Tosh oh.
0: Okay. <laughs> and, oh, and someone actually had tried to do that. I think.
1: Yeah, there's Sports Soup.
0: Sports with, Soup, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot who there is. There's host Sports was. Soup with that uh, didn't last. Matt
1: Eisman. Uh, he's a nice guy. I know him from like long, long time ago. Um, but uh, yeah, Sports Soup with Matt Eisman. It's funny because they asked Norm McDonald. he's like, you know, I always thought it'd be great to do a sports and comedy show. Like a fun or no, he goes like a funny sports show, and then I saw that they had uh, sports soup, and then I thought it'd be funny to do a <laughs> funny, funny sports, sports show. <laughs> <laughs> this is a total dig. That's I love when guys t- <laughs> just take shots at other comedians in the press. Like, I don't know, I can't tell if it's interesting at all for other people in the mainstream world or whatever. But as a comedian, like I just love seeing Jimmy Kimmel make fun of Jay Leno or just other yeah. comedians go back and forth. I mean, I hate when it's about dumb stuff or in my mind, like dumb stuff about joke stealing or this or that, or I don't know. I just love seeing guys shit on each other in a public forum. <laughs> <laughs>
0: without just caring. Me. Yeah. yeah without it just cracks comedian. me up.
1: Like Norm doesn't, that's doesn't, why Norm's so great is he just doesn't give a shit about anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a story of I wish I knew the exact story but there was a story of like um, someone trying to interview him about SNL and they were asking him like the goofy questions they're like oh we hear that you guys all played pranks on each other were there, was anyone playing pranks when you were there and he goes yeah yeah they did they played a prank on me they pulled my pants down and they anally raped me <laughs> staring at it and he was like they anally raped me I just let it get super uncomfortable just not he just doesn't care about uncomfortable situations or i yeah, love him he just
1: has no yeah just doesn't care about bombing." no he's just got this uh about this yeah great dirt, about dirt on him. other
0: comic yeah, everything about it yeah just
1: does not give a fuck <laughs> so now you're out here or i'm sorry you're out in york um getting your feet wet in stand-up comedy yep what what brings you out to la
0: it was a combination of things, so everyone always says that you have to come out to l a um, eventually and so I, I it was basically i was uh, I was living with my boyfriend at the time, and we yeah. broke up, and we since we lived together, we kept getting back together. Like, we just kind of couldn't <laughs> get away. So, I, was well, that, like, all right, I mean, I'm gonna that's going to take... be
1: tough in York because it's so hard to find an apartment. Yeah, I know. It, it, you there, guys like, so many like elements. To you there. got five <laughs> months like, left on the lease. You're stuck like, with each all right, other. We're broken yeah. up. And then you just come home, you're just sitting at the TV. And like,
0: nothing changes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> guess we should just hook up. This <laughs> is just a kill <laughs> time. <laughs> Why
0: do we got five months? We... So, I was like, all right, I have to. We need some space. So, I just decided to come out for six months to see how it was. And I had some friends who were here at the time. And so um, I got a little bit into the scene. And after six months, I went back home for like a month and a half. And I really decided. And then the, it was winter when I went back home. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try six more months. So I came back out. And then I, I got more into the scene. And then I started surfing, which I love. Yeah. And then I really decided, like, I think I want to be in L.A. for a while. And so after that six months, after that whole full year, I, I decided to actually move.
1: So how long, you, how long have you been out here? It's though?
0: three years now. Nice. Yeah.
1: Time flies, huh? Yeah, it
0: really flies. with not a lot to mark the time. Sadly, I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's been a lot of time with not a lot of accomplishments.
1: Yep. Yeah, I know how that feels.
0: <laughs> but it's been fun.
1: <laughs> no, L.A. is, yeah, it's the greatest city in the world to do nothing. Like, there really is, it, it is a weird thing. Like, you almost feel like experiencing California and experiencing L.A., you're doing something. Just yeah. like, hey, man, I hiked. It was Sunday. And then we went surfing. And then, yeah, and then three days later, I'm up snow tubing. Where this, yeah. like, You feel like you're accomplishing something just because, oh, my God, I'm aggressively living life. This is awesome.
0: <laughs> right, because you feel good. The sun's shining every day. You're outside doing I mean, that's one thing I feel. Like, I'm so much healthier out here. Like, in New York, I would be in my apartment all day long because it's so cold and it's miserable. You go outside, you take the subway everywhere. So, like, I'd be inside all day and then I'd go do spots at night and then stay out until, like, 4 because then you eat dinner afterwards. It was just this unhealthy lifestyle.
1: New York is the worst because there's so many good food places – and they're all yeah, open
0: forever. Bars
1: are open till four a.m. And like, half the
0: time for comedy, you get paid in food and drinks. So you're just eating buffalo wings every night and yeah. drinking beer and wine. You know, it's that's your pay essentially. I mean, you do actually get money in New York as well, but
1: that's nice. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. New York just feels to me like an it just feels like. F- like lighter fluid for a bender, like it's just sitting there. They yeah. just pour it on every, every time I've gone there. I just get you don't
0: drive, so there's no reason. There's nothing really stopping you from yeah.
1: No holds bar. And yeah, you just feel like oh, I got it. It's New York. I never sleeps. Like there's just this aggressive energy.
0: But then it's funny when you live there, you feel like that's just normal until you out like step outside. Like in LA. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe people live like that. Like I lived there for almost seven years, and it was. Yeah, it gets – I mean it's there's such great things about New York, but there's things that are so difficult um, that you have to put up with every day. And out here, like driving can be a pain. Traffic can be a pain. But otherwise, it's February and you can eat lunch outside and you yeah. can go to the beach. and It's awesome. It's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just uh, – I threw in the snow tube because a bunch of me and some other comedians rented a place up at Big Bear for New Year's Eve. That sounds like it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was a good time hanging out. Um, yeah, it was just like not really doing anything in particular. Like it was just a nice place, just sat around, just drank a ton of food – or no, <laughs> drank a ton of beer, ate a ton of food. There was also high elevation. So it's one of those things. New Year's Eve was the first night we were up there. You have like five beers. And if you've – and then totally forget, like, oh, my God, I'm up at 6,000 feet. You forget how much harder it hits you because you of the elevation. wasted,
0: I bet. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then we went uh, – Did anyone sn- get sick
0: or was it okay? No. That's good. I mean, not
1: that I know. I was fine. Nice. That was the only person I was concerned about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm fine. I'm not around <laughs> anyone else do your who's thing. throwing up. As far as I'm concerned, it's all good. But we went snow tubing the uh, like the day after – you know the following night and it was just so funny doing snow tubing with like eight comedians from LA or whatever you know a lot of people were like this is the coldest I've ever been and I've never (laughs) seen snow before like freaking out wait what's the proper way to go tubing meanwhile there's like six-year-olds just like diving at first (laughs) listen there's an eight-year-old kid doing this we're gonna be fine yeah you'll make
0: it you'll be okay that's the thing about, like, oh my God, growing. did you grow up like skiing or anything? Yeah. In the East Coast? That was the worst is when, because I learned, uh, I went when I was young a couple times, but I basically really started um, in like eighth or ninth grade skiing. And there's these like four-year-olds that just go flying past you yes. with no
1: poles, <laughs> which is
0: just like embarrassing.
1: Yeah. They got that, cr- they got like the crouch going, yeah. they're just blowing <laughs> they're like by you. are like an
0: Olympian at four and you're... You know, struggling. <laughs> at yeah, skiing is years definitely old. one of
1: those things that could be super frustrating. I've never gone surfing, but I imagine it's the same type of thing. Where if you just get out of rhythm, or you're just, or just like early on, until you can totally get that feel of like going back and forth and skiing. Where I imagine surfing is the same thing, and you're just like, "Fuck this!" This is because you just keep getting knocked down, and yeah. then. Yeah, it's just not fun anymore.
0: Yeah, surfing. See, skiing, I never fell that much actually, because I, I, I took lessons at first, and I think that uh, that that was helpful. But snowboarding, I fell all the time, and that's how I am surfing. Like, yeah, surfing can be really brutal, but it's like comedy. Like, you'll have like a couple really bad runs surfing. Like, you'll just get knocked over by waves time and time again, and then you'll catch one, and you're like, oh, so worth it. Like, just yep. one. It's the same thing. It totally.
1: Uh, so similar with golf. I was just golfing oh, on Saturday. Yeah. I hadn't golfed in a long time. And yeah, but then there's just like a couple shots where you just nail a tee shot or you hit a long putt and you're like, yes, this is what, all right, fine. I'm coming back. I get it. <laughs> and then the rest, you're just totally, yeah, getting your dick kicked in on the golf course. <laughs> it's funny. I played yeah. that Part of the fun of golf is, uh, especially in LA, like a lot of times it'll just be me and my buddy Ryan and uh, somewhere to some. Which always sounds interesting, but um, <laughs> and then uh, you'll end up getting matched up with either another one person or another two people. And LA, it's always great because it's always some sort of character. It's it's always an interesting person uh, or so- someone with like a story. It's and we're so we're always sitting there like oh, I wonder who it's going to be this time. And this guy was uh yeah he was like his director of sales and he was also. He also just started working in commercials. Like he's an older dude in his fifties, and just kept bragging about all the commercials he was in. It was really a trip. <laughs> I, mean, I guess he had just gotten in a uh, one of those commercials for Low T, like Low Testosterone. <laughs> he was really so. It Super sounded like he just made a living not, you know, playing advertising. a sad old
0: guy. With yeah, low sad old guy who
1: can't get. It's enough. a good
0: market to get into. Sad old guy who can't get it up. That is actually a really good market to get into. That's half the commercials on television.
1: Yeah. Exactly. The other thing, all those like erectile dysfunction ads, they all say the same thing. It's like Sierra ad in golf magazine. I don't know what it is. Like I look through a ton of sports magazine. Sports Illustrated, you know, basketball weekly, whatever it is. I can't explain why, but golfing, I will shoot you down. like there is I don't know what it is, but there's just a plethora of
0: you Impotent know, erectile golfers. dysfunction
1: uh advertisements in golf magazines. I don't maybe Maybe the idea is just golf caters to an older crowd overall. That's they probably
0: think, it, I would think, actually. Yeah,
1: or just golf leads to impotency. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not
0: the stress of golf you're gonna not be able to <laughs> <Exactly>. perform after. <laughs> I have the weirdest uh, thing when I watch golf because I, I don't understand the beginning. Like when you have to hit it from the T to the green, it yeah. seems impossible. Like I can't figure that out. But then when it's on the green because the only thing I've really ever done is mini golf. <laughs> it seems like the easiest. I'm like, oh, I could make that shot when people are missing shots. So I have like the worst, like <laughs> skewed view of golf. Where putting's like one of the hardest things,
1: right? Oh yeah, putting's insanely hard. Golf definitely. Out of all the sports, it's the easiest one to look at and go, oh yeah, I.
0: But only the putting part I think I could That's do the true. beginning part where where I can't figure that out for my life how people get good at that cuz it just always seems like luck you know it's but obviously people are good cuz yeah. they consistently but I'm like how oh, that guy
1: what he's just been he, Tiger Woods has been fine in the same spot of the ball streak for <laughs> 38 times in a row this is but insane. for like
0: holes-in-ones, that's something that's complete luck, right? Or is there an actual ratio of good golfers who've gotten more no, holes-in-ones I mean,
1: than others? Hole-in-one, there's definitely going to be some luck. But to be – well, they're usually almost always on a par three. But to to hit a shot close to the pin on a par three is definitely a skill. That, like you right. could, if you're definitely – if you're good with your irons and stuff, that's a skill. But yeah, I mean it's one of those things. It's – Enough of a rare occurrence that there definitely has to be some luck. Like you gotta get the right roll, whatever, whatever. But I mean, yeah, obviously better players are more inclined to have hole in ones. Your average Sunday golfer who gets a hole in one, yeah, that that's, that's probably much more of the luck and, <laughs> and less and of less the skill, skill, but you gotta you gotta find the ratio in there somewhere. Yeah. I just saw uh Django and Chain. Have you seen that?
0: No. Is it really good?
1: I thought it was I thought it was pretty good uh it's one of these classic mo- i don't know if you like quentin tarantino you can't not like this movie uh i definitely yeah i thought it's controversial
0: i've, I've seen a lot about it but i haven't well, yeah, i do want to see it but i did you know what i did see because i saved you i rescued you from oh this, yes, this
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> i
0: was so excited i was so sure that tess had already seen it and then i she didn't so we got to go see it together i was so yeah excited. my
1: girlfriend saw Les Mis with you, which yeah. Yeah, it was a win-win. You guys got to see Les Mis. I got to not see Les Mis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I just kept – she kept bringing it up like, oh, hey, we're going to go see Les Mis. I can't wait to see Les Mis. And I'm, I don't want to be a complete dick, but I was just like, no, I really don't want to see this. And <laughs> I- listen, I can try. And it was funny because like, earlier in the week I admitted that like one of the movies we saw early on, it was one of those Jim uh, Jarm uh, – what was it? Jim Jarmusch? Is he the... Or no, whom I think he'd have. Uh,
0: Wait, what was the movie? Is it the Silver Lining one? Because that's no. a famous director that I'm not sure his name. No, okay. what's the...
1: Uh, what's all those weird movies with Bill Murray?
0: Oh, Wes Anderson. Wes, yeah, Wes uh, uh, Anderson. Anderson, Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't get any of those movies at all. We went to see one of those and I was like, oh, yeah, that was good. This is <laughs> completely awful. But I just didn't want to be a dick. So I was just like, yeah, no, that was great. I fell asleep in the movie and still like, yeah, it does <laughs> off. But I thought it was really good and interesting. I just, like, a real artsy shit like that, I just, like, I get that it's good. And, same with Lady Miss. I get that it's good. I get that it's interesting. But it just, like, it's I. It's a certain taste. Yeah. That you need I to understand. Have. It's, yeah. Like,
0: well, I've said that to a lot of people about Les Mis because people will be like, well, maybe I should try to see it. If you don't already like musicals or already know the music to Les Mis, it's probably just going to be weird and long. <laughs> like, yes. Because Taz was so weird because we were probably the most annoying people in the movie theater. Like, we were singing and, like you know, <laughs> we were way too into it. Like, we noticed when they changed things from the music. Like, why did they. <laughs> But yeah, oh. if you're not already into it, it's probably not well. And that gonna, was you're not going to all of a sudden. I was in like,
1: love with it. You're probably much better off going with someone like Allie, who's excited to see the movie, <laughs> instead of me, who would begrudgingly see it and then try to find like spots that I found interesting, or try to like not ruin everyone else's time by just moping Groaning around. Through. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure it's. I understand it's a good movie. Same. Why well, I always think I don't know why I always come up with this example but the band U2. I understand the band U2 is great, they're pioneering, but for whatever reason their songs drive me fucking crazy. And I'm an Irish, you know, Irish heritage whatever. I everything should line up to me liking U2, but their fucking songs drive me crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, it's like, a good philosophy. I feel that way about people in life, too. There's some people that you know, and you know they're a good person, and you want the best things in life for them, but you just don't ever want to be around them. You're, yes, like, you're exactly. like, they're wonderful. I hope all good things for them. But if I never have to see them again, that would be fantastic.
1: <laughs> well, it is funny. like People like that, um, where you – I've noticed uh, – now, maybe this is just this – the sick twisted part of me where there, there are people that are so annoying, like hands down just annoying. Like, oh my god, Dave's coming over. Everyone hates Dave. So annoying. I'm actually thinking of one Dave in particular, but oh, – You actually um, have a real break
0: because like <laughs> every Dave who listens to your podcast is now like, what the f- – is he talking about me? <laughs>
1: I'm talking about you, Dave. Uh, comes over, annoys everyone and I can't make an argument for why – i like this guy in particular but then i realized i just find it hilarious like there's a certain level where i still find him annoying but he annoys everyone else so much that, you're that i find it cool and endearing like there's a point where when someone is like uh just overwhelmingly annoying by everyone else and like just yeah just drives everyone else crazy that's kind of entertaining like oh man <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's actually – yeah, it's like being the designated driver sometimes. You see like all the annoying dr- – if you cannot get annoyed yourself, it becomes entertaining watching people annoy everyone
1: else. Really, are yes. like, god
0: damn, that's really annoying. <laughs> like that's almost funny how annoying they're being.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Django Unchained. Uh, so you liked it? I thought it was good, yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, they drop a lot of end bombs but –
0: but not, is it gratuitous or not?
1: See, now, this is I wanted to bring this up to weigh in on the N-bomb controversy. My thing was that I didn't – whatever. Obviously, I'm not a black person, so I wouldn't be as sensitive to it. But I didn't think you – like, to me, it made sense. All the people saying the N-word were white people who were the bad guys, and they all got their heads blown off. So I felt like they kind of got their comeuppance in the movie. <laughs> and also, these guys are slave traders in the 1850s in Mississippi, and they're like kind of bad guys, like the people dropping all these N-bombs. Like, it makes sense that they would... Like, it's real... It feels real to the movie. You know what I mean? Like, okay. it, it feels real to this world of, hey, we're... Going back and forth with these slaves, they're mean guys. Like, yeah, I feel like if they didn't, they would come off more likable. Like if they used some other word or like, hey, these, African... <laughs> yeah, these
0: attractive and successful African Americans. <laughs> the
1: African Americans I have are some of my, you know, hey, they're the best guys. Are like, it would no, it'd come off weird. Like, yeah, you're trying to portray these people for evil slave owners. They're slave traders. They're probably right, of not the slave owners. They're that- the worst. You know, there's people who it seemed like I don't know, I don't know everything about slavery. Don't, you know, don't come to me as the podcast source for slavery, but it seemed like yeah, you know, there were plantation owners who had slaves, but then the actual people who their business was just the slave trading were probably and it makes sense. They were probably the more the most like cavalier and probably worse people about it cuz they, you know, it just became like business, yeah. buying and selling people. So yeah, they're going to Use those words. I, I don't know. It just felt true to the time. And yeah, obviously, yeah, I mean, it's Quentin Tarantino. He's going to try to be exploitive. You know, he makes. Right. His he's going to want to be shocking. Yeah, he's there's going be- explosions, crazy language. Like, he, yeah, they're going to say those. I don't know. I you know I mean Spike Lee protesting it or not going to the movie I, I don't think it's going to swing the gross domestic well
0: and- what's weird about that then is that this has just gotten a lot of press this is generally things that are controversial it's all because the press is spinning it because there's a yeah. million other you can go to any comedy show on a black night and hear the N word a million times and yes. Spike Lee's not protesting you know no. it's not. It's I mean, not unheard here's the thing. Of, yeah, the press it, didn't, decided.
1: it didn't affect me at all. I mean, I play a lot of pickup basketball. You go out there,
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're thinking You play hear. online video games. You yeah. hear the worst language you've ever from like ten year olds. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You hear, uh, I, and that's so the that thing, that thing with spending censorship
1: in general. Or. Um, yeah, I mean, we have the internet. Kids have the internet. Kids are better at figuring out the internet than adults. It's insane to try and think that, oh, wow, well, we're going to censor this or not. And you're it. right,
0: actually. In the movie at least, you go to you go to see a comedy show and people are cheering at the N-word. At least in this movie, they all get their heads blown off. You know, <laughs> at least it's teaching a
1: lesson. Right. Kids are going to be afraid to use the word, hopefully. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, you know, just, hey, in the back of your head, you slip up, Django might come and chain <laughs> and blow your freaking head off, all right? Exactly. There's consequences. This, yeah, this is a very very scary way to teach political correctness, but I think it works, all right? It's like the Chinese
0: comment. It's like, yeah, you use the word and we're blowing your head off. That's how how this society works.
1: Let this be a lesson to all the teenagers out there dabbling in slave trading. Your actions have consequences, all right? Right. Quentin Tarantino did this as a public service. He's tired of your slave trading ways, and Django is going to pop up and, yeah, just blow blow it off in dramatic fashion and with a snappy catchphrase to take you out. Oh, is there a catchphrase too? There's some. There's some catchphrases. I mean, he kind of Django Unchained is basically about the slave Django who starts killing white people, kind of morphs himself into, a, yeah, kind of a, like a superhero, right? Action figure type. So of course,
0: he has to have catchphrases, yeah, right.
1: or you know, kind of setup lines. Well, you then know. the
0: opposite happened earlier this year where the they tried taking all of the N-words out of Mark
1: Twain, you know? Yes. And it's oh, I just... thought you were going to say that someone released a movie and they said, there's not enough N-words in here. Like they <laughs> had the first cut of Les Mis and they were like, <laughs> sorry, no, <but> <laughs> Sorry. We're protesting this movie. There should be you, way more N-words in this. You need to raise some
0: awareness. Of what is wrong with you? Put the N-word you, in at least twice, and you got a movie. Les Mis keeps it real, all right? That'd be you, great if someone did start protesting that. The movie was good, but there weren't any N-words. I really have to... I really
1: that was rethink. all the Yelp reviews. I give it one thumbs down, just because of the profound the lack, lack of <laughs> uh, racial slurs and bigotry in Les Mis.
0: I mean, this was turn of the century France. Couldn't they have made it a little more accurate, Come on now.
1: <laughs> uh, good times, Allie. I f- I feel like we hit on uh, all bases. Where can uh, where can people check you out?
0: I am online, Facebook, just Allie Breen. It's A L L I B R E E N, and then on Twitter, uh, Breen Screen, like green screen but with a B. And and then for live dates, I have I'll be at Capital City Comedy Club in Austin. Oh, awesome! Yeah, for the weekend of the twenty third. Um, and then Stand Up Scottsdale The last weekend in January
1: Oh, awesome Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds sounds like a lot of fun Make sure you check out Allie on Twitter Or uh, if you're going to be in the areas That she's going to be performing Make sure you check her out And uh, thank you for coming on the podcast Appreciate that And thank you guys for downloading the podcast We do it live here every week On SeanTGreen.com This has been The Green Room
0: The Green Room with Sean Green Keep up the great work, see you later
1: Download archived episodes at
0: 247comedy.com And follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show
1: He should have seen she was really naive Shit, she was still only 19 And he was many years older But he seen her walk by in them tight jeans And he looked at her like, that's my queen Cause he thought that he
0: could mold her, but it's over yeah. no. Larry was a thirty-nine year old.